0: Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. We're so happy to be here, as always. <laughs> We're so very
1: happy to be here. I feel like um, I just had an agile training for the past two days and they make you do these like check-in, Katie. It's so bad. It's like you have to use one of four adjectives sad, mad, glad, or afraid. So before you start, you have to be like, hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm feeling very glad to be here, but sad, it's snowing outside.
0: Oh, does anyone say that they're afraid to be there? (laughs) No, but I want to so
1: desperately. So anyways, now I'm like in this habit, because you have to do it before and after every meeting, and then you have to sign off with checking out. Well, Oh boy, I wouldn't do well in that environment. <laughs> it's killing me. So yes, this is kind of reminding me of that. Like, and we're happy. We're glad to be here,
0: you guys. So glad. Um <laughs> so before we jump into our really amazing episode coming up, I have a little announcement slash favor to ask of you listeners. Um Sarah and I have kind of been bombarded lately with trolls on apple podcasts right sarah so many <laughs> and so and they are just they're just wretched so anyway if you enjoy our show if you wouldn't mind just go over to apple Podcasts, leave us a good rating and review because that way it'll help us reach more people who actually want to hear our content versus mean mormon men who don't like us so <laughs>
1: <laughs> or as i told greg today as i was venting after work i was like it's Mean white Mormon men with tiny dicks. That's who it is, and they're so obnoxious. And it's every single time, men. Like, it's ridiculous. And the fact that they have so much time and energy on their hands to go and actually leave a review on iTunes, like, I just, I don't think I've ever even left a review on anything. Like, I'll, I'll give five stars, but yeah. to leave a review, like. <sighs>
0: I know so anyways if you all could help us with that that would be amazing and thank you to everyone who also has and speaking of thanks we want to give a big shout out to our new patrons uh and we're going to split up shouting them out this week so I'm going to give a big shout out to Noah hi Noah and thank you for joining us on Patreon hi Noah thanks for supporting and welcome to uh not-so-molly-mormon
1: podcast patron yes and then sarah you have Ooh, i'm so excited (laughs) i'm even nervous my heart is kind of pounding you guys i think it's also (laughs) from this announcement and our special guests we have later but our other patron is izzy and she is amazing i met her and in poland i think it was in september um we went to a wedding and she is the girlfriend of one of my boyfriend's good friends, if that makes any sense at all, if you're following, but she is really kind and funny and hilarious and talented and gorgeous. So
0: Izzy, thank you. For thank joining. you so much, Izzy. Appreciate it. Sarah did send me a picture of you two together and sh- you do look very lovely. I must say.
1: So. She <laughs> is.
0: And speaking of, this is our perfect segue
1: into our special guest today. You guys, speaking of Izzy's boyfriend, Liam is on the show today. Welcome, Liam.
2: Hi, how's it going?
1: <laughs> Great. He didn't say everything all right. Or yeah. how do you guys say it?
2: Are you all right? Uh, no, or just all right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. I'm not,
1: that to conf- not to confuse the American demographics <laughs> that we have. It, it always takes us a while. So listeners, you guys are in for a special treat because Liam's really hilarious, but also for our American listeners, the British accent is back. So you guys, soak it in. Finally, <laughs>
0: finally, it's been too long. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, <laughs> of course.
1: So Liam, give us a little bit of a background. Tell us about yourself before we get into your story that I have been dying to hear in detail for a really long time.
2: Okay uh, so I'm from Brighton originally which is um, the south coast of the UK Um, and then I moved to Bristol for university where I met um, Sarah's boyfriend Greg Um, and I've been in Bristol ever since and yeah I enjoy making music here and living with um, my girlfriend Izzy like you said earlier. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: They're such a fun couple, you guys. When we went to the the wedding in Poland, we got crunk with these two and it was a <laughs> lot of fun. Izzy's hilarious. She was dropping it low on the dance floor while Liam was DJing. Best oh, yeah, set that. of the night. It Very was cool.
2: yeah, it was a good time, wasn't it? Yeah. It
1: was great. It was all the pictures of me at the end that are really trashy with like my shoes are off, I have a beard in my hand. <laughs> it's to Liam set. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, that means it's
0: a good time,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, good. it was good fun. Yeah, the whole trip yeah, was, was good. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Mm.
1: Um, so Liam has a really interesting story about your experience with Scientology as yeah,
2: right? yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so Greg told me about it. I think it was actually before I ever met you at the wedding. Like he, he just referred to, yeah, he was like telling me, he's like, oh, one of my friends from uni has this experience, blah blah. blah. And I was like, what? Tell me more. (laughs) And then when I met you at the wedding, Greg was like, yeah, that's Liam. I was like, oh, that's Pie. Like that's Liam. Uh, I get it. Like making the connection. so, yeah, so first, before we even get into your story, what is your background like growing up? Did you grow up religious or did you ever experience any type of like religious upbringing?
2: Uh, no, not really. My parents are very they're left wing and sort of like, you know, you can be who you want to be and believe what you want to believe. So um, nothing was ever kind of forced upon me. I think my dad went to church, um, Catholic church for a bit when I was very young but um yeah like almost too young to fully remember it you know um so
0: yeah it's really refreshing to me to hear these British stories of religion because most of them that we've heard Sarah like that you've introduced me to is really similar to this of like oh believe what you want to believe we're not gonna yeah religion yeah. on you and that's so different from the over here in the United States it's very much like you're the odd one out if you aren't raised religious so it's refreshing to hear the stories yeah.
2: like this. yeah so i went to a wedding out in california a couple of years ago and all of us are like all the english guys are when in the church and we we're like wow this is amazing and the American lot were kind of laughing at us though, like we'd never been in a church before but for, for a lot of us like we hadn't at all but it was like a really posh nice church yeah oh yeah
0: some of them are really beautiful I will yeah, say that. yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's true, like, even when I first met Greg, like, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that he wasn't raised religious at all, like, I was like, no, 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 like, basically, you just didn't go to church, but you were raised religious, and he's like, no, my parents are atheists, and I was like, no, they can't be, like, that just doesn't exist, you know, and then afterwards, when he was, like, telling me all about you guys, like, his friends and stuff, and he was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're all like that. And I was like, no, you must be heathens <laughs> then. You guys must be all assholes if you weren't raised religious. Because oh that's what we were taught, right? Is that, you know, people who aren't religious or Christians specifically are like horrible people or like not to be trusted, which is so ridiculous.
0: So untrue. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> untrue. Um, Okay, so now that we have your background, please do tell us your story
2: um okay yeah um so yeah like I said I grew up in Brighton um I had a good friend down there who I knew him in sort of nursery group and then he moved over to Italy and when he just before he's coming back to Italy he was like oh, I'm coming back with this other family as well they're going to live over here um so I met this other family and became really good friends with them as well so this is about year eight in secondary school in the UK I think you're about 12 Maybe 13 years old.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: Um, so, like, just about to do your yeah, GCSEs and starting in year nine till year 11, I think it is. Yeah, like 13 mm-hmm. to 16. Um, and instead of doing the normal GCSEs, I did a sports um, course. And this guy. Oh, sport?
1: Sorry. I just uh, had
2: to it was kind of like all sports, but I was into basketball at the time um so yeah my friend I'll uh, call him David um who's yeah the, the guy that came over from Italy my other friend he was on this course with me and we just became pretty tight and you know hanging out all the time playing basketball and I guess it's around that sort of time when you're uh starting to drink alcohol and stuff together so like you know we rather laugh <laughs> and uh yeah then just sort of getting to know him more just kind of realized that his parents were Scientologists and um
1: wait so David's parents this is when you realize David's parents were Scientologists but he wasn't really active in it uh
2: no I don't think so at the start anyway no um yeah I'm pretty sure he wasn't but yeah they were you know if you went around his house his parents were never there they were always at the um, building which was near um the shopping center in Brighton called Churchill Square
1: there's <gasps> um, like so, a
2: Scientology building there
1: okay so it's not okay sorry I'm getting way ahead I'm just so excited so <laughs> understand. and I have all these like facts in front of me but I'm confused. okay continue um
2: so yeah you'd always go in in Churchill Square which is yeah as I said, a big shopping center you'd walk up there and there'd be the guys with the um you know the auditors doing the uh yeah.
1: oh, e-meter yeah.
2: things and you know they say free stress tests. is that what they used to say I think and yeah. they had all the uh L. Ron Hubbard books on their t- table and I remember going up there with my parents and they're being like you know don't talk to those guys kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: smart parents <laughs> yeah
2: yeah uh so then yeah this is around the time where you know you're allowed to go to town on your own without your family and uh the, the kind of thing to do was to go up um to this shopping center and we'd all gather around this pizza stall and buy pizza and just sort of hang out there Mm -hmm. um and I remember just a lot of times when he didn't have the money for pizza he'd be like oh I want to go I'm going to go get some money from my parents and because the Scientology building was right next to um the shopping center but he always called it like I want to go to their work you know um but then he always also didn't I felt like he didn't used to he didn't want to go on his own so a few of us would go with him and uh so at the time Churchill Square was quite a new shopping center and then you go into this Scientology building and it just looked like you're going back in time it was it's a bit, a bit scary really like it was all wooden walls and then I think there was like a big statue of L. Ron Hubbard in there and you know oh. books are everywhere and stuff and uh
0: it was creepy yeah just
2: <laughs> creepy and like uh, we'd sit in this waiting room waiting for uh, his parents to you know, give him the couple pound or however much it was to get the pizza and on like a number of times we they were like oh you know you're waiting so long here do you want to come and watch a video <gasps> they'd put us in this cinema and from what I remember it's just you know planets and really over the top like sound effects and stuff which <laughs> all those theatrical videos they make like if you, yeah, you've seen the, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, the Louis Faroux stuff, I think it was oh, yeah. all, all those uh, videos they must have made in Hollywood which, it, now, now thinking back at that that's, it's pretty bad really that they just got other people's children to watch these wow. videos do you know what I mean?
1: Without even like a parental consent, like you're not exactly, an adult, yeah, yeah. that's really bad
2: <laughs> I've never told my parents this so hopefully I don't listen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not like, they to talk to you. you talk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, just a, f- a few just weird things like that happened, and uh, I remember one time I was staying around at his his house, and as I say, yeah, quite young still, and my dad was like, you know, I want to speak to his parents before you can stay the night there, mm-hmm. and uh, he just David just kept telling me like, oh he's gonna be home in an hour and then an hour went and you know got later and later um <clears throat> my dad eventually just came and picked me up he's like you know if the if parents aren't there you can't stay there um yeah. I was like oh they're just at work and he was like oh what do they work as and I was like oh they work in the uh Scientology building up mm-hmm. in town and then my dad was like yeah you. he didn't want me to stay around there yeah,
1: yeah. Fair, fair <laughs> bad,
2: like. so I, I think yeah for the rest of the, my friendship with him when I went there, I probably, I don't think I told my parents. I think I told them I, I was elsewhere because we were like, we were that good friends, you know, I didn't want to ruin a friendship just because my parents told me not to, you know? Yeah.
1: Um,
2: And I think it was harmless because, as I say, his parents are never there. So it was kind of the place we could go and we could drink alcohol and stuff and, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> and get, get yeah. away and not get told off. Right. Um, Yeah. And then I remember a lot of times, like, I remember his brother, Uh, marcus had like a a fight once and uh and then we wouldn't see him for like a week because he'd said he'd have to go and to the scientology building and i think kind of almost like cleanse the the fight out of him and stuff like that and then i
1: read about that actually in one of the articles uh, i was looking at it was like they would basically like lock you in a room or like do some type of yeah, it was like supposed to be um not penance, but what is the Catholic version where you? Ah, oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. Where you like basically punish yourself?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, it was like some that's type of way. form. Yeah, mean. in Scientology, where they would make you like, if you basically like didn't have a clean spirit, that was one of the ways. Yeah, that that
2: that's the way. That. Yeah, cleanse your spirit or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that was the same if they ever had, you know, a drink and their parents found out, then we, we didn't see them for a while because they'd be, yeah, getting getting cleansed.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so it's, troubling. Yeah. When you were a teenager, did you did it occur to you that this seemed like a cult? Or what did you make no, of it? No,
2: not at all. It's, that, it's only kind of in my sort of, I'm 30 now, so sort of mid-20s. So I kind of started to think like, I, all these things were quite quite strange oh, you know yeah and yeah. uh you know even though my parents like I said are very left and would let me do kind of whatever I wanted um they were absolutely right to um not want me to go around there and stuff
0: which definitely yeah, yeah.
2: um uh but yeah where have we got to um see so yeah, as I said I did the uh uh sport course with um David and then because Marcus was the year below mm-hmm. he moved up onto our course as well and uh during that year so that that must have been year 10 so he must be about 13 14 sat next to both of them I was you know good friends with both of them and then just one day they were just gone and then that was that was it they've just been taken away by their parents to the um is it uh, I forgot what it's called Saint Hill Manor the uh yes. house in East Grinstead which isn't too far from Brighton to be fair I think it's about an hour hour and a half drive um so they were just sort of whisked off there and that was the last any of us ever heard of them um well I yeah I've got another part of the story but yeah I'll, I'll leave yeah that let's pause
1: there because that's <laughs> bad to me that just one day like your best friend yeah. like you go into school and they're just not there
2: yeah like I no the, the,
1: explanation it, nothing
2: the teachers being they didn't know what to tell us they were kind of like they didn't know what to say but that, and then a few of us kind of knew about the Scientology and were like we knew that was eventually going to happen but we didn't we'd thought that their parents had let them see out the rest of secondary school you know
0: oh, wow this so just is... Is so scary it's like heartbreaking mm. too for the kids that's so scary Ooh yeah, yeah. it's terrifying
1: and just a little like um side note though for people who don't know much about Scientology or what the house that you mentioned St. Hill Manor which I didn't know any of this until mm. um actually Greg sent me this like BBC article and I don't know if he shared it with yeah, you Liam he
2: did send it to me uh, yeah yeah
1: Yeah, where it talks about that and he was like this is the house where Liam's friend was sent <laughs> to you and I was like what and I had actually already shared this with Katie before as well like just talking about Scientology in general so basically so this house St. Hill Manor I'm just reading from this BBC article it says it's an attractive country house built in 1792 Um, it has a colorful life serving variously as headquarters of the Christian mission and the home of Mahad... I don't know how to pronounce this sorry guys um, but basically, um, L. Ron Hubbard, so he's the obviously the founder of the Church of Scientology. He is the last, like he moved in after, I think it was like 1967. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the estate is not only his home, but it's the Scientology's worldwide headquarters. So and it's still owned by the church and um, obviously it even quotes like Tom Cruise has visited several times. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. So, I think
2: yeah. he's living there now. I think.
1: Is he?
2: Him and his family. Are there. I I think I read that somewhere. <gasps> he's got he's got a whole suite there. Oh,
0: uh, of like, course, You know, yeah. like the
2: presidential kind of suite. Wow. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures COVID. of it
0: right now and I'm getting the heebie-jeebies. I could have got
2: that wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read that. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, I think you're right. And also, it even says this one's hilarious.
1: John Travolta hit the headlines in 2011 when he tried unsuccessfully to book a table for his entourage at the local KFC. <laughs> John Travolta just wanted some KFC. It's finger looking good. That's what it was. Wait, why would you book a table at KFC? I'm <laughs> <Exactly>. so <confused. laughs> Oh, Are they yeah. that fancy in the UK, Liam? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think you can book a table, KFC. <laughs>
1: oh, anyways. Okay, yeah. So it's it's interesting. So this this town, um, what is it called again? East Greenwich? Is that right? Yeah,
2: East Grinstead.
1: Grinstead. Sorry, yeah. East Grinstead. This is also, so Greg shared this with me, because it's also the same place where or it's close to, it's not exactly the same, but it's quite close to where um, the Mormon temple is, which yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. there, like, I don't even know how many times, probably like five times to this oh, temple wow. in London. Oh, really? uh, I'll, huh? Sorry?
2: Really? When was that? When yeah, did
1: you- no, I went, um, God, I don't even know how many times. So I think the first time I went was 2013, and then after I went through the temple and got like my endowments out and everything, I went a few more times. Actually with the the German family that I was really close to slash almost ended up with their son, like the German guy. Like we went there on a on a trip because he was serving a mission in England. So we went to the London Temple and they have like it's this mat like this huge grounds of like they have a reflection pond that you can go with a date so a mormon guy will take you and you can stare in the pond and see your reflection of eternity
0: no sarah no
1: <laughs> whenever i tell stories like this to greg he just goes oh yeah <laughs> yeah it. i'm glad i didn't know you then <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh is so
1: cheesy and mormon but yeah that's um it's yeah, not it's, far it's from there so it's it interesting
2: pretty really, really close yeah yeah mm.
1: anyways okay so what's katie
0: do you have more questions before we well, go on I guess i'm just a little curious like when you when mm. you found out that your friends were taken off to this saint hill manor is that what it's called yeah um I mean how did you feel about that did that feel I feel like that would seem very scary as a teenager like I don't know I would feel like I would want to do something to help them but I guess when you're that young maybe you just don't really know what yeah, to do what I to think, think of I, it.
2: yeah I think initially yeah that me and my best friend who I mentioned at the start how I know them
0: mm-hmm. the guy I know
2: them through we were yeah you know pretty gutted um and I remember speaking yeah. to his parents and you know it was all just it was quite sad yeah. But I guess also at the same time when you're that age you know you you, you can get over those sort of things quite quickly yeah. and just forget about it and it, it's almost like since I got older it's like well that was really you know it's a messed up situation that I, yeah you know, I, I, I was under the impression that they didn't want to go there you know mm-hmm. uh, so wow. but then yeah you never know what it's like behind closed doors they might have just been saying that to us that it's not something they believed in but really they did you know
0: yeah so, so is this place kind of like is it like a boarding school or? I don't
2: I don't really know to be honest um oh. so uh a little bit later on we um my friend had contact with David via email and mm-hmm. I think it was just one email and that was it that's you know the last contact we had with him and it, he was saying that he was working there and he was cleaning the house um, oh. for like I think it was something like one or two pound you know way under the UK minimum wage at at any point in our lives so yeah well you know they
0: they have places like this um I don't they don't look like this that this picture I'm looking at right now but there are places like in Florida and LA here where Scientologists will go and they'll work like that and they work for basically nothing and sometimes Mm -hmm. people will send them there and they yeah, they're not heard from for years. So it's probably really similar to that, which ugh, I hate it. It shouldn't be yeah. legal. It, like, freaks me out. It yeah, really shouldn't. But, I actually, like, yeah. um, I think you're right with
1: basically they send kids to these homes. And they are sent there to, like, work or clean. Um, I was reading an article. I can't remember if it was the Washington Post or the Rolling Stones. Like, one of I read a few today. And it was, like, interviewing people, like, semi-famous people and some really famous people who had left. And yeah. one of them was um, this girl. She she was part of Scientology. I think she said she joined at, like, I don't know, two, two years old or something like that and then left when she was, like, 21. But she said she remembers, like, having to work jobs at, like, the age of eight that were suitable for grown men. Oh. Like, it was just, like, really intense labor and that they were just expected and if they didn't then there was almost always like some type of physical abuse that would happen
0: oh my god that's terrible
1: i mean i'm not not to say that your friend experienced that or anything like that to that extreme but i'm sure yeah like it was some type of labor that he was not fairly paid for
2: yeah definitely yeah it's mad Yeah. yeah is there any of that in mormonism
1: Um, well, I would say essentially just the time part. So it's not like you necessarily have to do like eh, crazy laborious jobs, but you do have to give up your time. Mm. So it's a lot of, you know, it's part of being in a cult, which is also what I read in some of these Scientology stories was that the first thing they ask you to do is just is to basically invest a lot of your time. So you have to start. Mm. Like we as Mormon or ex-Mormons, but as a Mormon, you have to do like a, you know, Sunday three hours, but usually it's about five hours. Then you have, if you're in high school seminary, which is five days a week for an hour, Mm -hmm. then you have Wednesday night activities as a youth. Or if you're like post 18, you have institute, which is one night a week. Then you have family home evening, which is on a Monday night. So like it's practically every single day you're giving your time, plus you have to give 10% of your income. So it's not as like, you know, brutally, I guess, like physical (laughs) abuse as Scientology. It's still quite bad though. (laughs) Yeah, but it's still just, you know, you have to give up a lot and you're expected to in order to, you know, have the promise at the end.
0: Yeah, well, and then if you go on a mission, which you're expected to do if you're a man, um, you have to go to a place called the MTC, the Missionary Training Center, and they you basically can't leave and you are under their rule all the time. Mm-hmm. And same with on your mission for the full two years. So, I mean, yeah. it, there's a lot of similarities I can see for sure. A lot of control.
1: like, And, yeah. and something I also read was like control by um, shame. So obviously in Scientology, it's like these auditing sessions that they do where they just get all of your worst deepest nightmares or things Mm -hmm. that you don't want the public to know so that they can hold it against you if you ever try to leave and then you know that's their way of controlling with like shame um and it's the same with the Mormon church obviously we don't have these things on file but they shame you through like oh you confessed your sins or we're gonna make you feel guilty they
0: they actually do keep files on you when you oh they do yeah, a lot, unless the bishop, like, specifically doesn't want to write it down, they have, like, files on you, and, like, how often you come in, how much tithing you've paid, how, you know, if you have confessed to a sin, how far along you are in repenting, stuff like that. Oh, have,
1: Lord. My yeah. bishop has that time that I gave a Mormon guy blue balls, and I didn't know what it meant, and I had to repent. <laughs> Liam, you get to hear this story. Poor <laughs> Greg, if he listens. But, yeah. It was so embarrassing. It was one of the, like the most traumatic experiences of my life, having to confess that and the bishop being like, and how did you give him, quote, unquote, Ooh. blue balls? And I had to be like, ugh, I don't know. It's
0: none of your business, bishop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. I didn't realize that they kept files on us. That's ugh, Yeah, but probably
0: yeah. not anymore since you had your records removed. I don't think they keep them after that. <laughs> So. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully hope um, kept that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One of their all-time favorites. Oh, what file do we want to today? What about the
0: blue balls?
2: Yeah, Jesus. when you start, when you like start a new job and they show you sort of a bad example of work, like what <laughs> you. Sh- <laughs> yeah, this
1: is
0: what you should
1: not do. <laughs> God. Um. So after David left, you never heard from him again.
2: No, but um, yeah. So um, yeah. To continue with it. Um.
1: Oh my God, we haven't even got to the second part yet. So yeah. Well, excited. yeah. This
2: is Gosh. this is the end, I guess. <gasps> okay. <laughs> um. So when I finished my GCSEs, so in about sixteen, uh, a group of us went camping um to a place called Bodium Castle, which is. Uh, yeah again sort of about an hour away from um Brighton in a different direction to East Grinstead, but um yeah in the near vicinity and I remember it was just a proper hot day proper hot summer and it was almost like you know you get the mirage along the um you know hot grass or whatever it was oh yeah, like, yeah yeah and I was like I swear that's Marcus uh David's brother <laughs> like you know I just just finished GCSE so I was Probably, you know, a bit drunk.
0: Uh...
2: <laughs> Which
1: rods Were you on Liam? <laughs> no, was it no, really no, no. that no. you saw him, or?
2: Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I shouted over to him, and he responded and sort of looked over, but we were so far away that like he, you know, couldn't make it out. Make it out as me. And I got closer to him, and I was like, "Yo, well, how, you know, how's it going?" And then he was just like, "Hi," and then walked off, like oh. like I didn't even really know him. And I was like although I wasn't as good friends with him as I was his brother I still was you know at his house multiple days every week for yeah. you know a couple of years yeah And I was just, that, that was a bit strange and then the next day uh, I saw him in the showers at this campsite and yeah he was just he just pretty much ignored me I was standing next to him and I was like how's it going No, you know how's David and he was just I I can't even remember if he even said anything. It was just like, he was like a completely different person. Um, So that like proper freaked me out then. That's that's probably when it started ticking in my head, like, yeah, this is quite a weird situation they've been pulled into. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that, yeah. That's the last time I was was free with them, yeah. And that that moment's like stuck in my mind more than anything because it was just, yeah, that was just weird, I thought.
1: Did you ever see like where he was camping? Like, was he with his family, or do you think he like escaped or something?
2: I think he was with another family. Uh, oh. Yeah, because he was with. They had a younger sister, and he was with a, um, like a couple of younger girls, almost like he was sort of babysitting them. Um, but yeah, it was it was it definitely wasn't his sister. Um, oh. Well, yeah on, on this camp trip I was kind of the only one that knew them and uh everyone was kind of like why, why are you so shocked about this what you know they didn't understand it so I, I just had a bit of a moment on my own like what what just happened that's so strange like
0: yeah you know, if you haven't my... seen
2: anyone your mate in ages you're you know hugging them and all sorts right. and,
0: yeah. right. My like true crime brain goes to, first of all, (laughs) we need to free these children. And secondly, like, are they alive? I just, it's crazy that it almost seems like they've been like programmed or brainwashed. And then, yeah, it's like they need rescuing. I'm, I'm concerned
2: yeah no it's 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 concerning oh, um
0: really creepy like it's given me
1: yeah my brain I think it's like you Katie where I'm like instantly in true crime where I'm like listening <laughs> to you tell the story and like what's gonna happen we're gonna find out that like yeah they've been brainwashed or something really horrible has happened to them that's traumatic
2: yeah that's but, what like, it seemed possibly- like yeah seemed like he'd been completely brainwashed and almost like brain dead do you know what I mean just yeah like I say my memory of it is like he didn't really say anything and I was standing right next to him and yeah it's a bit freaky uh we me and my friend did find David we think on uh LinkedIn we we messaged him but he didn't reply
1: (laughs) really
2: (laughs) yeah we presume it's him because it's his full name and um it says he's living in a little village near East Grinstead so and it says Church of Scientology on his LinkedIn as well so
0: oh well pretty
2: pretty sure that must be him but yeah no reply yet Message him a couple years ago (laughs) that
0: means he's probably alive that's good yeah yeah I know I like want to get Leah Remini up in here and be like we need to find out what happened to these kids Leah (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah
1: yeah do an episode <laughs> on this that is mad like can you see if he's like read the message or opened it uh
2: I don't know I don't think so um wow. yeah I have no idea how yeah. long
1: ago was that
2: so that was a couple years ago that was or maybe three years ago probably about 2017 wow. messaged him. yeah but and then I I checked before doing this podcast and it's it, the, the profile's still on there it's um Oh, yeah, just
0: the dangers of cults, I'm telling you. Like, people mm. will sometimes giggle about it and be like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Let people believe what they want to believe. But mm. when stuff like this happens and people get plucked from their lives and forced into child labor and then sucked yeah. into cult, like, that's, that can't happen. That's and forced not- to, like, give up all
1: of their friendships and stuff. Like, yeah. that was something... One of these articles that I was reading, oh, sorry, um, it's the Washington Post one, Um, it instantly made me think of Mormonism as well, when basically if you leave the church, you're like cut off from your family and friends. But it's even in Scientology, it's not even if you leave the church, it's like the more... Um, deep you go into Scientology, the more you're forced to cut out people from your life who aren't signed, like practicing Scientology, yep. um, which is just insane, which is another indicator that it's obviously a cult is when they're asking you to cut off your family members or your friends or anyone who's basically not in the same quote unquote community as your religion. But in reality, it's just the people who aren't in the cult with you. Yeah. Mm. That's really problematic. Um,
0: Total control, like we said, control of your surroundings and your behavior and your money and your body, everything.
1: Yep. Mm.
0: And it's also like we've talked about this a
1: few times before, but in Scientology as well, it's that like, you know, you invest so much time and a lot of money to finally get to the high level and then they tell you like it's all about aliens and it's like <laughs> mad story
0: it's and it's so just similar
1: <laughs> yeah and you're just like well, what do i do now like fuck i've already invested all of this like do i stay or do i go it's the same bullshit in mormonism like i was literally talking about it today with my colleagues because we were talking about cults and they brought up scientology and like yeah and They believe in, like, aliens and weird shit. And I was like, well, (laughs) Mormons and their doctrine is pretty similar. (laughs) Like, it's a (laughs) lot of batshit crazy stuff that I believed in. But by the time I went through the temple and, like, went through that cult ceremony and was like, what do I do? Like, I've waited or I've invested 26 years of my life into this cult. And now, like, do I just pretend like I feel good about this (laughs) or... Do I walk away? You know, it's a big decision that, to make. Yeah, for sure. I do yeah. have to ask though, Liam.
2: Yeah, go ahead.
1: Um, and talking about like, I guess the similarities. Like when mm. you listened to our podcast and heard some of the stories, did you see the connection between maybe your experience with your friend and Scientology and some of the the obviously like cult like attributes that are within each religion? um I, I don't know not not
2: massively but then obviously but I mean comparing Mormonism to Scientology as a whole there's a, obviously a lot of similarities I think the mm-hmm. uh the Scientology podcast you did was the the second one I li- ever listened to and I was like you know found it really interesting but mm-hmm. you know yeah in terms of my story I don't didn't really know how it related that much that's why well I was kind of asking about the cleaning and stuff if, if that happens um uh. but I was looking up you know similarities earlier um and one that I found quite funny was that they've both had um sort of uh well uh, Ron Hubbard was said to have like super hearing and that he could cure people's madness <laughs> and then is it uh, Joe Smith like had a operation on his leg or something and oh, don't have any yes. anesthetic <laughs> That's what oh, s- someone was drawing a comparison story. there I thought that was quite funny
1: first of all <laughs> you're not supposed to do more research than I do so oh, calm yourself down with that I you're love it I'm here up... for it, Sam thank you <laughs> you're supposed to just show up and tell a story <laughs> not do research Oh, but second of all, yeah, the, that story about Joseph Smith—they, it's totally your brainwash as a kid to like. I, I still right now can picture the image because they have it in books. So they have like a picture
0: of Me Joseph too. Smith. I can, I you can, can. It's it. conjuring in my head. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And then they have a, a movie that you can that you watch, and it talks about this experience and how he's like in so much pain and he has you know, bone cancer, and they have to like scrape it out. And so it's not just like cutting open his leg, but like literally cutting into the bone. And how you know, the doctor was like, oh, I'll take a swig of whiskey. And he's like, No, sir, I won't <laughs> drink alcohol, because I believe in God and God has told us not to. And it's like, Oh, if he can do it, then like, which is absolutely ridiculous. Of course, he had alcohol. I mean, I would have been fucking like dowsing it on my entire body at that point, <laughs> even as a devout Mormon,
0: you know? Yeah. Oh, Ugh. they both were like superheroes with super strength. And L. Ron Hubbard, what did he have? Super hearing, you super said?
2: Super hearing and he <laughs> cure people's madness, apparently.
0: Oh, boy, he was quite the character. I think they both were, I think I related it to they both were like science fiction writers, in my opinion. They both were eccentric and made up stories. And yeah, got successful from it. (laughs) I mean, even
1: we just, I just saw a comment um, on our one of our posts today from a Mormon troll who was like bearing her testimony on our page and sent us oh. a link to like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints .org. That was her <laughs> finishing line, but she's also like, "This is all bullshit and lie." Well, she obviously didn't say bullshit. She's like, "This is all lies." I've been a practicing Mormon my whole life, and I've never heard of colob. And I'm like, oh. oh. Kolob is a planet that Joseph Smith wrote about and it is we even have like a song about it that you sing at church like it's it's like hymn number 300 and something I believe.
0: Yeah, he loved writing about the planets and I mean, even in that Mormon video we responded to it was so similar to Scientology with all of the wacky like science fiction things that happen in this supposed spiritual world I'm doing quotes.
2: Uh, I was so glad you did that um the cartoon <laughs> one the, the cartoon. <laughs> because we, we all watched it together um me and Greg and the other boys and yeah I did have a few questions about it but you you answered all of them oh, that I, it was quite funny
1: I was cracking up because I heard so like I mean Katie's been to our flat but you haven't Liam like we have like our living room and then the bedroom and there's two doors in between but even with two doors in between and I was like listening to my or watching my cheesy Dawson's Creek no judgment but I was watching it and I could hear from the room like Greg saying like what this isn't a Mormon video and I was like what is he talking about Mormon video and then afterwards he was like oh we just watched the craziest video but I'm pretty sure is it is this true and I watched it and I was like this cannot be real because everything is 100% accurate other than like one small detail That's
2: yeah crazy.
0: it was nuts I was oh saying. wow Um,
1: I do want to finish on one little comparison that I made recently. And I think maybe um, Greg has suggested this to you, Liam, to watch. But uh, Katie, I was also telling you, we watched um, the series The Boys on Amazon Prime. Anyways, they have like in the second season a whole like part, like basically a huge chunk of the story is about this like church right that's for superheroes but basically it's a a mashup of the church of Scientology and Mormonism (laughs) like when you watch it it's just like oh okay (laughs) they're commenting on both of these like this is a very it's like a playful way but obviously at the same time very serious because it is what happens so I thought of you both instantly and was like oh this would be really good to have them watch and like compare as well and
0: also oh, yeah. just a really good show in general. But yeah, yeah, yeah my definitely. yeah my boyfriend has watched it all, and I I caught I saw parts here and there when he was watching it, and he was like, we need to restart this from the beginning because you're gonna love it. You're gonna see so many similarities with Mormonism. So I've I got to go back and watch it, and then we should do a maybe do an episode about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's really, really good. Um, but especially the second season with the connection, like I think it's called like I can't even remember it's like Church of Something, but it's it's very much a comment on like Scientology and Mormonism, a hundred percent. Oh boy, I'm excited. Yeah. So anyway, Liam, do you have anything else you wanna add? Any more details to your story or questions for us? Um <clears throat>
2: No, I don't think so. I think, yeah, we'll definitely finish the story. Um, I'll let you know if anything else crops up if I ever get a reply. Yeah, yes, let us know.
0: Remember to find David. We need to, I know, we need to find, like, a campaign to make sure <laughs> you he's know, okay. David. Get in touch with him, yeah.
2: I did, uh, I, uh, yeah, around the same time I sent the LinkedIn thing, I did write to Louis Farouk just after he did the uh, Scientology movie, but never uh-huh. got a reply from him either. But to be oh. honest, he, he doesn't even get access to the church so I don't really know what I was thinking
1: <laughs> no but that's actually that was a documentary that was really interesting I, I watched that one with Greg I think I I told you about it Katie
0: yeah you did mm-hmm. yeah um
1: because I, I didn't realize that the this guy was famous <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> I know what was it what's his name Louis
2: Louis Farouk
1: yeah see I don't greg was like what you don't know him he's so <laughs> famous he's like a famous british documentary maker and all that i don't know
2: yeah he's the best
1: yeah but it was really interesting um because of his um i guess his angle because obviously most people have watched um the documentary on hbo going clear um i think most people anyways yeah, I, haven't
2: but... watched it. I need to watch that one <gasps> you
1: yeah. have seen that one and oh. the um, the Thank other
2: you. lady who did you mention earlier
1: Oh, Leah Remini.
2: That yeah, I need to watch. She did a series on it, right?
1: Yeah, she did a series on A and E.
2: Yeah, I need to watch both of those.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting. But, yeah, definitely keep his posted and let us know if he ever reaches back to you on LinkedIn. I feel like I need to go now and, like, connect with him on LinkedIn <laughs> yeah. and be like, can I save you? Can I help you? Or maybe I should go under the disguise of being like, so I heard you're in Scientology. Tell me more about this, David. <laughs> I'm interested, and then we can help save him, maybe, you know. All right, William, well, thanks so much for being on the show. It was a yeah, delight. Thank you was a great uh, no, thank story you for me.
2: Um, yeah big fan I'm glad to, to share my story Aww. yeah
1: it was really great having on the show tell Izzy we say hello and we'll um, you, yeah. we're happy to have her as a, a patron and to give her a shout out on this episode you guys are such a cool couple Katie I can't <laughs> wait for you to meet them in real life one day
0: someday
2: after COVID exactly yeah well,
1: All right. Well, listeners, have a great rest of your week and thanks for joining in. Thank you. Bye. Bye.